Welcome everyone to the Hotel Nerd Network brought to you by Anchor. What's Anchor you say? It is an easy way to make a podcast like this one for free. That's right, I said it, for free. But not only that, you can record from the comfort of your home, on the PC, or on the go with your phone. They have everything you need to make a podcast in one place. The best feature is that they even distribute the podcast for you on multiple platforms, so you don't have to stress on getting your content out there for the world to hear. If you're looking for a free and easy way to make a podcast, download the Anchor app on your mobile device or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now please sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, we here at Hotel Nerd are pleased to announce a new partnership with Audible from Amazon. Here, you can listen to audiobooks and podcasts. You can download and listen offline anywhere. The app is free for download on all devices, and you can listen across devices without losing your spot. You are awarded one credit a month, and they last for an entire year. If you are a Star Wars fan and you do not have time to read the new Thrawn trilogy, but you want to know what happens, you can just listen along as you go about your daily routine, and once you finish a book, it remains in your audio library. To support Hotel Nerd by going to Audible and signing up for a free, free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash Hotel Nerd. And again, we thank you for watching live and listening later. episode of Let's Talk. As always, I'm Hotel Nerd. And I am, uh, I might screw your name up, so apologize for that. Uh, good. Is it Suge Knight or is it Suge Knight? It's Suge Knight. Suge Knight. Okay. Yeah, so you can just call me Suge, but yeah, it's Suge Knight. Okay. <clears throat> so how you doing tonight? Doing good, man. Doing good. Thank you for inviting me on uh, to talk some magic. I uh, really appreciate it. Oh, uh, absolutely. Nice. That's the whole premise of the show here. Uh, and if anybody else wants to join in as we're going, uh, by all means, we'll pull other people in here and get them on video too. So, uh, I guess, I mean, the obvious question out the gate is what was your um, initial foray into? Uh, Magic the Gathering. Um, my initial uh, foray into Magic the Gathering is when I was probably uh, 95, so I am 37 out of 20, so 15, so so 95, I'm trying to do the math. So I was about 11, yeah, 11 or 12 years old when uh, I was introduced to Magic at a, just a shop that was around the corner from my house. And I would go nice. uh, go over there and hang out and uh, play, and um, that was my initial first run. Uh, it wasn't as serious then when I played, but I just was there to hang out and and you know just hang out. Yeah, that that's pretty cool. Uh, mine wasn't through a magic shop; it was actually a friend of mine through. Uh, 
high school. That got me okay. initially. Uh, a friend of mine, a different friend, was trying to get me into the old Dragon Ball Z card game because I'm a huge Dragon Ball Z fan. Like, nice. You can throw Dragon Ball Z trivia at me, and I can probably answer it. If not, I'll get there like within five minutes. Because I mean, anybody that's a Dragon Ball fan knows there's a shit ton of information to try to remember, especially now with Super. <clears throat> with all the universes that they introduced, but neither here nor there. So my friend went and said to me if I was interested in doing the Dragon Ball Z game, why not try this game called Magic the Gathering? So I figured I'd look into it, and uh, he taught me how to build a deck. And I mean, pretty much the rest is history. That was pretty much my initial foray. I got into it, uh, the Mirrodin set. I can't remember okay. exactly what year that was. I think it was like early 2000s. Yeah, it would have had to have been. It would have been like 2003 that I jumped in initially. Nice. And yeah, I, I jumped in right from the beginning when it first came out, I think. From what I remember so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> well... Uh, <clears throat> then it was a couple years after I got into it and I started building a collection and I went down to my uncle's who lived like the next town over and I went I said to him, hey have you ever heard of this game called Magic the Gathering and he looked at his wife and he goes holy shit he goes dear you never guess what he's into and turns out he was a day warner as well. Uh, and he used to play with a gentleman in the town that I live in now. Uh, it's called White Knight's Game Room. When I'll uh, put a description and a link and everything down at the bottom of the video here after we're done. Uh, being I brought them up. But uh, Eric, who's the owner was like one of the elites here locally okay and so you know me being a smug teenager <laughs> oh i want to play this guy i want to see how good i am because like amongst my friends i was about mid-class this guy wiped me out turn one like he literally played every single card in his deck i will never forget it it was a, I want to say it was a blue artifact. I know there was artifact involved. I think it was blue artifact. I could be wrong on that. And if Eric watches this video, I'm sure he'll correct me. But he wiped me out. Like he stomped a mud hole in my ass. Turn one, did like 300 damage, and played every single card in his deck and never once played one land. Mm, okay. I, so, yeah. I don't know what card that is. I would have to get a better description, but there's cards I like that. I've played, I have played uh, decks like that where I've gone off on turn three. Um, I've done actually really good in tournaments with decks like that. Uh, but there's so many cards. There's so many different combos now. <laughs> since yeah, <laughs> back when Magic first started, there was no actual rules um, like there is. There was today. There is today. Um, even when I came back to playing, because I, I stopped playing when I went to high school. Um, and I, 
I didn't play for years. And then one day when I was walking from the store, I seen a comic book shop and they said it had magic on it. And I went in and I said, oh man, magic's still a thing. And they're like, oh yeah, it's a big thing now. Because I remember when I played when I was younger, they would say about these tournaments, going to these tournaments, but they weren't really big. They, you you could maybe go in and be like 30 people uh, yeah. in these big tournaments. So when I went when I went into this comic book shop, they were like, yeah, it's gotten really big. So I bought a starter deck. Never opened it, never played it. Totally forgot about it. And then a couple years later, again, I was at work, working overnight. And I happened to put in Magic the Gathering. And this tournament came up, which was the Pro Tour. Yeah. And I was like, oh, crap. And they're like, first prize is like, 30, like, I want to say like 50,000 or something like that with some high number. And I was like, holy, what the hell? I was like, magic gotten this big. So I started watching. Well, the, the, it was, um, uh, I can't pronounce this damn name now. Like, I had it in my head, but it was Sifka versus Watanabe. Watanabe's from okay. Japan, Sifka's from the Czech Republic. And Sifka was on a deck called Eggs. And I'm just watching, and this is complicated deck, and I'm just like, "What the hell?" I'm like, "This is not magic." And I'm like, looking, <laughs> I'm looking at it, I'm like, "This is not magic that I played." So I was like, "Wait a minute, I'm gonna go and find out what's going on." So I ended up going to a card shop uh, in uh, Long Beach. Uh, ended up meeting a lot, of, a lot of my friends there. But I went to a, long, uh, a card shop, and I walked in, and I said, "Hey, I want to play magic again. I used to play when I was younger. You know what's changed?" And they're like, oh, okay. So they started. Everything changed. There was it was way different from what I played. You know, there was plane walkers. There was you know all these things. And so uh, it was it was fun. It was funny. And so I, when my second run started, I almost had like, I have three different runs basically. When my second run started, I just wanted to play and have fun. So I started playing, and you know, like you said, go to card shop and just wanted to have fun, and it was awesome. You know, meeting people, then finding out the, the different the value, how much magic cards were worth. You know, because I had found out about Black Lotus, I had found out about dual lands. Do I think I remember when I was younger? I had a dual land, but I don't, I don't know for sure. But I'm like Jesus Christ, like these cards have gone up in value. And so that's where I first where I started. I mean, I'll, I'll talk about my third run in Magic in a little bit, but you know, that's where I started and. It was a lot. Like a lot when you get into magic, it's a lot. Like arena, if I had arena back then, now, I if I had arena back then at that time, it would have been a lot easier to learn. But there was no arena and MTGO, you know, if you had you had to have good internet, good computer to play MTGO. Yeah, um Cockatrice with AOL internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at that time, yeah. And then there was like Cockatrice, which was like a free version of magic. Uh, that you could play because you could play all the cards and as the sets came out they would put new um there'd be new uh downloads so you could have the newest cards and you could play commander but it was so it was so um like you had to do everything like triggers uh you know thing you know wh whatever like every, it was so like you it was dependent on you so a lot of times people would get frustrated if you were didn't know what you were doing or playing slow uh, so yeah. it was very interesting, but um, I don't know if you played Cockatrice, but that's how I learned to play a lot of my decks was through Cockatrice because I didn't have Magic Online and I wasn't into Magic as much as I did become into it later. 
Um, so it's very, it's very interesting. It's, it's, it, my my journey in magic is very weird because I, I I I remember that second part and I was like I wasn't into magic. I wasn't competitive. I just like going and hanging out, and that was my yeah. thing, which I think a lot of people do. Uh, and then my third my third run of magic became a little different, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, but yeah. So um, did you did you play magic online? Did you play cockatrice or what? Where like. What was other than the physical cards? Like, how did you did you get really deep into competitive, or just did you do it for fun? I had multiple forays into Magic myself. The initial one was during high school, and then I dropped out uh, when I met my wife and had kids and all. And now <laughs> I'm actually just I'm into my second swing of it now, and I've actually kind of sort of ebbed out. Uh, a little bit because I have things going on like the channel and have some things on the personal front brewing. Nice. Uh, all good things. Uh, and hopefully bigger, better, better things uh, to come here within the years. Um, which I'm not going to go into detail about, but I mean, it's just one of the things people that if they watch and they know they'll they'll know either or and i've been wanting to get back into it but with the bigger things that i want to do and what i want to come uh my money has to be allocated to other places so yeah, magic takes some money magic yes. Is. <laughs> yes it does so i am pretty much in hiatus mode again so, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll enter phase three again sooner or later, but uh, I do have to say my favorite set, though, is a Mirrodin set. I wish that would have stayed because, like, that set holds a nice spot in my heart because that's a set that I got introduced at and I got really prevalent with. Vraska uh, okay. was my favorite card at that time. Nice. Nebraska was by far between my favorite card. I remember that card very, very well. I wish it would get reprinted and put back into uh, standard rotation. Because I have so many ideas for that card with cards that are out now. There's so many cards that could complement that card. Yeah. Uh, because I wish the slivers would come back. Like, I really wish the slivers would come back hot and heavy. Like not yeah, my buddy made a, my, my buddy made a modern slivers when because slivers had came back in I want to see modern masters I believe it was no 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 it was it was standard they were they came back for standard it was um God which one was it it was two thousand I want to say two thousand fifteen so maybe two twelve two thirteen two fourteen one of those. Origin or maybe even been Magic Origins. One of those sets had had slippers in it, and um, I had a buddy that made standard slivers. And he even tried to make modern slippers because um, when I had when I got because I miss Mirrodin, I miss um, I miss Avison, I missed all those sets. Um, Mir the Mirrodin block, I missed ev I missed everything. I didn't come back until until Return to Ravnica is uh, when oh, I came okay. back. And I started playing standard, and this go and that's when I had like came back and I was playing for fun. Would go play, you know, Friday Night Magic's and everything like that. 
and it was fun and I had a good time and everything. Um, but they were having these tournaments on the weekends and I, I would play and just get smoked. Like, I just like, <laughs> done. And I was just like, eh, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, is it something, is it me or what's going on? And I remember I, I met some, I met a lot of friends there who I'm still friends with to this day, who was actually, I went to one of their weddings a couple of years ago. Uh, that's how close of friends we became. There's like five of us. But then I met this guy, his name was Tim. And he was like, man, you know, he goes, if you want to get serious, like I can help you get serious. You know, and I was like, you know what? Let's do it. I, I want to get serious. And what would back then you, uh, you know, you would share um, if you met a group of friends, um, you would start sharing cards, you know, in order to um, to like alleviate. And to alleviate uh, some of the the um, pain of how, like you said, how expensive magic was. How you're saying, you know, you gotta, you know, and so you would meet friends, and you would, you would, and so you would, uh, so you would share cards. And um, so I met, so I met this guy. So we started. He started like teaching me more and more. Got deep into it. And so I started going to tournaments every weekend. And I was going like every weekend, playing every Friday night. Friday night was like how to practice. And then weekend tournaments were just getting better. And yeah, my first doing top the grind. eight. Yeah, doing the grind. And my first top eight is where I met one of my best friends, uh, Travis. Um, played this tournament. And this was at the time, uh, Bant was huge. It was a bant deck running around where they ran uh, a land that said if you pay four, uh, you can flash it. Any card, in, you can flash it and get any card as if it had flash. Every card in your hand has flash, basically. So they were running around with Thragtus. Um, they were running around with this. Uh, it was a, a Loxodon. Not Loxodon, but it was a it was a Rhino that said whenever you gain life, uh, you gain double. And so Thragtus was like when Thragtus enters the battlefield, you gain five life. So this thing would make you gain 10 life it was if you had a drag test or this card and drag test out. Then you were running the angel who says uh, uh, when it enters, target creatures exiled and it returned to battlefield. So you would flash that in because it already had flash and you would bounce the drag test and drag test also said when it leaves the battlefield, not when it dies, but when it leaves the battlefield, you get a 3-3 beast. So you would nice. flash the angel in, bounce, bounce, uh, Exile the drag tusk, it would come back in, you would get a 3-3 beast, and you would gain another five life. And if you had the rhino, you gain 10 life. So that deck was just nuts. And then they ran a bunch of utility cards to fill it, which were really good. And then it ran Sphinx's Revelation, which was play, I think it was double blue, white, uh, X. Uh, you draw X cards and draw X life, and you gain X life. So this deck was just nuts. So at the time, I ran a, a black, white, red deck called, and, and if you go back, now they've changed all the names now, and I hate them, I hate the new names, but there is a card well, yeah, called Dave. correct now, which is... Yeah, so I'm there not was even, this... Not get, don't even get me on that tangent. <laughs> so there was this card back in the day called Dega, and you, Dega, I think it's Dega Priest or something like that. So it was a white creature, one drop white creature, but its abilities had using mountains or swamps. 
So I always would put Dega as my deck, and it would confuse the hell out of people because they're like, what the hell is Dega? So it was fun. It was awesome. I loved it. I love confusing people. So I ran basically Dega, which just had all these strong, powerful black red creatures. But then it ran a a common I think it was uncommon or common, I don't remember. Uh, and then I like I ran the angel that you can uh, uh, exile and it comes back in. I ran a creature called Sin Collector. And what Sin Collector did was you look at target opponent's hand and you can make them discard uh, sorcery or instant card. And it was a it was a three drop. So you would do that three drop and then four drop, you play the angel on their turn and it come back in the battlefield and it trigger again. So you can you can clear their hand out. So I ran I ran this deck, and so this is the first tournament I ever placed in. So I get to okay. um, top eight. Uh, it was like probably like forty people. So I was like, "Whoa, this is crazy!" Like I've never, I never think I was going to do this good. So I uh, made top eight, and I ended up playing my friend Travis, and I beat him game one. And okay. and I wasn't supposed to beat him, but I beat him. I, I smashed. Him. <laughs> So game two would have won, but I was so nervous because everybody was watching. I made a mistake and he holds it to me every time. I mean, we've been friends now six years and he brings, and we talk about it all the time. I just, I made a mistake uh, where I took a card I should have. um, And he ends up beating me game two. And then he just beats me game three because he was more experienced than I was. Uh, I wasn't as experienced as he was. Yeah. So I remember asking him after the tournament, I said, you know, can you tell me how I played? Because it's the first time I've ever made top eight. You know, and he's like, well, you made this mistake. And it was hilarious because it was like we we were after that, we started hanging out and we formed this group of guys. There was a couple other guys that we formed a group was, which was uh, my friend Derek, my friend Shamron, Travis, uh, a friend, our, our friend Steven me and then our friend dave who owned a shop who owned the shop that we would play at so he became almost like our binder of cards because we would just talk to him and be like hey i need this card he'd be like all right here you go just bring it back to me (laughs) so we started traveling to tournaments so every so it became then now okay now i gotta get really good so i would go play at his shop wednesdays fridays saturdays and sundays every week If 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 Saturdays and Sundays we didn't have a tournament to go to, I was at his shop playing Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah, and basically it was travel. like a boxing dojo type deal. Yeah, and all of us were there every Saturday and Sunday, uh, practicing and playing and trying to get better. We started going to tournaments, and we all started top eighteen. We all started. Um, we started traveling together. Uh, we went to Arizona together. We went to Vegas together. Um, we went. I, I didn't go to Oakland. Some went to Oakland. Um, we just started playing all these tournaments together, and all of us were just doing good. And I started top eighteen at, at tournaments, just showing up in top eighteen um, standard and limited tournaments. Uh, then I went to an open out here in California. There was a big store. I had a bigger following online because they bought. A, they would buy a lot of cards called MTG Deals, and they were always yeah. at the Grand Prix. Uh, but they had a shop out here and they would have big opens like for the weekend. So the weekend they would start off like Friday would be like a standard open or a uh, some kind of open. Then sun- Saturday would be like two opens. It'd be like a, a limited series, a limited open and then like a standard. 
And then Sunday would be like modern and legacy. Um, so I started, we went to that standard and I did bad in standard, but I went there to a modern open with a version of that eggs deck that I had seen that brought me back to magic. Um, <laughs> literally told a judge what I was playing and got told, why would you do that? You're, you're <laughs> going to make our life miserable. Because this deck was, if I can explain it to you, so I don't, do you know who, you know Emmercool? I've heard the name. Okay, so Emmercool, there's a there's a couple versions of Emmercool, but this Emmercool is a 15 drop. I think it's a 15. It's 15 or 13, I don't remember. But it, it basically says when this comes into play, you get to take another turn. And okay. this creature's a 15-15, so you get to take another turn. It's a 15-15, and it has Annihilator uh, 5. So Annihilator says whenever this creature attacks, target opponent has to uh, sacrifice equal to Annihilator. So Annihilator could be one, two, three. So Annihilator is five. So you have to sacrifice five permanents when I attack. Okay. Now, the other win condition in this card was called Banefire. And Banefire says it's a red plus X. And it says... Uh, deal damage equal to X, but if X is over five, damage cannot be prevented, and damage cannot be in and this spell cannot be countered. So what what so what the original eggs deck did was it sacrificed uh, these artifacts, and would cycle through your deck and get to this one artifact that said deal damage, I think two damage, for one red, and then you would use other cards to put the put it back into your deck from your graveyard. And then do it again. And it would just, you just cycle through the deck. So my version was there was a card called Clock uh, uh, Clan Ironworks, which actually ended there. Another version of Egg showed up a couple years ago in Modern that they now they banned it. But Clock Clan Ironworks said sacrifice an artifact, um, get two colorless mana. So what my deck did was we ran a Lotus. Lotus, Lotus Blooms, which were the uh, Suspend 3 artifact that says uh, Sacrifice Artifact. Bunch of white races. Okay, sure. Uh, sacrifice Artifact. Uh, uh, create three mana of one color. Okay. So your primary color was red that you need it. Um, no, and I'm not white, homie. I'm, I'm Latino, so you sound stupid. Uh, so, um, dumb. I mean, you could tell I'm fucking Latino idiot. So you can, you can, uh, you would make three colors. So your primary color you needed was white and red. You needed one red because Emrakul was colorless. So you ran, uh, do you know the Urza lands? Yes. Okay. So Urza lands, if you get all three power plant, tower and mine, you get, yeah. you can get like 10, you get 10 mana. So this deck can go off on turn three. So if I played a Lotus Petal, you go on turn three, but you had artifacts that could make colorless land. So you would go, um, why do I have white accent? I don't fucking know, dude. And I am proud to be Latino, you fucking idiot. So, sorry, I don't mean to cuss on your thing. No, 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 it's <laughs> fine. It's, he's just being a troll. I know. So you would, um, so you have ways to make color mana. So what you would do on turn three is if you had all if you had all the the um, Urza lands on turn three, you could play Clack Line Ironworks and just start playing artifacts 
sacking them. And then you had these these two white cards, which was face reward and open the vaults. Open the vaults was expensive, but it was double white and I think four mana. So six mana total is bring all artifacts that went to your graveyard back onto the battlefield. And then there was face reward, which was bring all artifacts that went artifacts enchantments that went to the battlefield this turn onto the battlefield. So when you would sack Lotus Petal, you get it back. And because it came back to the battlefield, you didn't have to suspend it again. It just came back in. So you could sack it again for color, for more color if you needed to. So you would try to get one or two, the two or three of the face rewards consistently. And then you would just sack and then till you could draw, because the, the artifacts you would play would be like draw a card when this artifact enters the battlefield or when it exits the battlefield, draw a card. So you would sack it to clack. Clockline Ironworks to make mana, drawing cards until you can get to either Emrakul or Banefire. But because it was turn three, if you landed Emrakul, they had three land. So then you would just go, Emrakul, okay, pass turn. And it goes, it's my turn, swing, sacrifice all your land. You have no part, now you have no board. And they would scoop. <laughs> so I played a tournament with this deck and made it to top eight. I had so many people cuss me out. I had someone, I had a judge cuss me out. I had three players why? Cuss me out telling me why, why did judge cuss because you it out? was miserable because because imagine playing magic and all of a sudden you just got to sit there and watch someone do something you can't play that's what this deck did because on turn three I had to start sacking stuff drawing cards until I got to these two cards and you just sat there going like this okay well and, <laughs> and then I and then I once, get, once I got I to don't it, understand why your fellow player would go and be bitching at you but. The judge, like, what the fuck, dude? Because you judges, judge. judges had to sit. Like, well, because the judges had to, judges had to sit there and watch you do it. Because if you screwed up, then they they have to call the match, or they would have to be like, wait a minute, you screwed up. And so they hated it because they had to, they would have to come watch my match every time to make sure I didn't screw it up. Because it had a lot of counter. <laughs> okay. This is the hardest that deck I had to learn. This is the hardest deck I had to learn because you had to learn, you had to learn um, how to count correctly how to figure out your mana if you didn't draw the right cards. Because a lot of times you just draw land. And you're like, you had to get to other artifacts. So you had to know when to sack stuff, how to do it. Have some diversity. There is diversity. What are you talking about? Man, what's going on here? I wonder if they're asking if they can jump in. Oh, she wants to get in. I'm sorry. <laughs> I Oh my Go God. ahead, keep talking. Yeah. I, I got this. Okay, yeah. So a lot of a lot of um, yeah. So a lot of the the judges and everything were were laughing, and it was it was fun. But they did hate they did hate the deck. And then a couple years later, another version of that deck came out or got uh came out. It was winning in the Grand Prix, which was with Clackline Ironworks, and they ended up banning Clackline Ironworks out of Modern. And so. That's kind of, I was like so happy. Uh, I was so happy that I got to play that version of the deck um, before, uh, my version of it before. Um, before they banned it. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, All right, this first, yeah. Gotta want, gotta love how uh, 
election 2020 is interfering with our episode tonight. Anyhow. Well, I mean, I get it. I mean, there's, there's things, there is things to talk about. I understand that, but come on, man. Like, there isn't the time or the place. Well, it's not even ah, so frustrating, but um, yeah, so it was, it was funny. It was funny as hell uh, with that deck and I actually was a lot better um, limited player until recently, until the last couple of years. Um, until the last couple of years, uh, I was more of a limited player, and then I became more standard and modern, really got into it, um, played a lot of tournaments, was top 80. Uh, I had a goal. I, I set a goal. I was going to try to get to um, the grand – the get to the pro tour um i did date uh-huh. to vegas uh but that vegas trip was not to play magic that vegas trip was just to go because of magic but it was to go get drunk and i day nice. two absolutely <laughs> smashed um playing day one hungover because i had drank <laughs> friday night till four in the morning and then the tournament started at nine so I'm, and there's so actually a playing, me. if you're going to play a magic tournament do not go hungover well apparently i played better when i was hungover because I played oh, like crap. Okay, well, maybe you're onto something then. <laughs> exactly. And so I I went to um I play I went out Friday night, didn't get back to my room till 4 30 in the morning, played and day two. There's actually a video, uh Justin, my co-host on uh, Let's Get Ready, he actually brings it up. We'll bring it up and he'll commentate about it because I'm so hungover, I'm trying not to throw up. But the way I look, I look mad and everything, but it was because I was so drunk still. Um, and yeah, day two, I ended up going 10 and two that day uh, and making day two and um, played in day two, but didn't do good. I think I finished 256 out of 1,500 people at the Grand Prix because they had it was so big. They had so many people from this Grand Prix. They had to separate it into four tournaments. So there were four different Grand Prix going on. I think the limit was 2,000 per, per tournament. So I I placed 215, 256 out of fifteen hundred people. So I was it was that, awesome. That's not bad. All right. Comment master. You know, comment master brings up a really good point. Yeah, he does. Uh people still play magic. Last time I checked, the fans seem to hate every set that comes out. And you got a good point. And it really, the big one right now is the Walking Dead set that's coming out. People are having a damn fit uh, because well, the of the... One, the reason of that, well, the reason of that is funny because it's part of Schmo, It's it's not part of Schmodown, but the Schmodown works with Skybound is because yeah. you can't get it anywhere else. You can only get it through Wizards. Yeah. So this the, what that's what they're turning that into is almost... Because card shops were so prevalent with magic. You could go to card shops, you would pick up your cards, you know, you would be friends and everything. What if that starts happening, card shops are gonna go away. And you're gonna just go buy from, from wizards. Yeah. Now thank God of because of arena, because we had MTGO, but MTGO was kind of expensive to play. Well, if I remember like correctly, that. it's been ages since MTGO was around. Didn't you actually have to pay just to sign on to that? You didn't have to pay to sign on, but you had to pay to play. Like there was only some free ones that you can play. Like, but oh, you have okay. to get the cards. You had to buy them. 
because there was digital copies. So you had to buy the card. So you had to get the cards. You had to own. You had to own them. <clears throat> what is going on? Like, are you serious? Yeah. Um, yes. It, it's just people trying to make noise. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So in uh, with MTGO, you had to buy the card. So there was a couple ways of doing it. When I was streaming a lot of Magic, there was a company that's out there that would let you rent the cards. Um, and they would let you rent the cards from them. So you would go, because on MTGO, there's what's called traders. So you, that's okay. how you get the cards. So you would go, unless you buy packs, you go, there's a little slot and you click it and then people have the cards for sale. So you would buy them. And that, that's how you get cards to make your decks or whatever. So yeah. this trade, this other company used to rent them. So they had bots and you would just go get the cards from the bots and then you have to return them in, in a certain time. So like a, in that day, in a couple hours, the next day, whatever. That was one way to doing it. Unless you just felt like buying the cards and investing the money. What Arena has done now, it's made it free and you can pay or you can grind it out to where you grind it and get wild cards and create the cards to make the decks that you want. So it's become a little cheaper and everything. But yeah, MTGO was the way to go. And so going back to the Walking Dead stuff, you can't get those from a can't get those from a card shop. You can't get those, you can only get them through wizards. Until and when people get them through wizards, buys them, they're gonna sell them on eBay or sell them wherever they're gonna sell them. So it's making it hard on shops and making it difficult. Um you know, and that's kind of the controversy right now. Uh, is like, well, we can only buy those cards through Wizards, you know, and so Wizards is kind of getting uh, is getting a little um, that's why people are getting upset at Wizards about it because it's almost like they're cornering the market, yeah. And that totally, I totally get their point on that. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to bring up Shane's comment here because him and I, we went to school together. Uh, oh, nice. And let's see here. Anyone who I actually. All right, Shane, that's not English. <laughs> Anyone who I actually do play magic at one point when Ben Smith used to go to charter school, he would bring decks to lunch and we would play it. And it was, and we, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm giving up reading this because I'm stumbling. No, no I get what you're saying. No, I get what you're saying because that was the same for me when I was in middle school. But I would go to, I was going to school, and a buddy of mine would bring cards, and that's how we would play. But we played like our basically our own version. Like we didn't know that we knew the rules, but there wasn't that many rules back then when I played. Now it's like different. Like everything is way different to than what how it was in, back then. Oh, yeah, I mean, I even noticed that myself. And what I was going to say to that comment that Shane was talking about, if he would want to get into Magic the Gathering, my best thing to tell people, and this is how I'm going to end up uh, teaching my kids, is uh, I'll download Arena for you. Go yeah. uh, download Arena. Go to Magic the Gathering's website. I don't know exactly um, what the website is, but I'll put it down below in the description when we're done with the video and <clears throat> for anybody that wants to download arena but if you if you're a beginner and you want to learn the ropes that's the best place to do it 
Uh, yeah, for sure. Is to, to play arena and piss around on that for a little bit, take a couple of losses, take a couple wins. And when you feel comfortable and you want to play uh, with actual cards and go to your local game shop, I mean, that's how I would say to do it. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's easy and it's free to play. So you yep. can get into it and play for free. You don't have to spend money. Or if you want to spend money, you can. Like it, it's it's both. You could go. You could do it both ways. Um, and so it's very it's 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 all it's awesome, and it helps because of quarantine. Because that's what's missing right now. Is you don't get to play. Uh, oh yeah. Live, and even then, when you when you you could go play for fun, it was just the cards, buying cards, and everything was very not frustrating and hard, but it was like that's where your money went. Because you would go. Yeah, it's again. a very expensive hobby to get into. But yeah. at the same time, especially token, if you're trying to you play right, anything above standard. Yeah. If you get the right cards, your expense does pay off. Like you buy a hundred dollar box, which is a whole booster box. And I think it's why it's been a loss in the bottom booster box. It's what, thirty-six packs to a box, if I recall correctly. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So if you hit pay dirt on some cards, you hit some $20, $25 cards, and occasionally there would be a random $50 card in a set, depending on what set you get. I mean, you hit pay dirt on one of them, you make bank. I mean, uh, yeah. if you look at Tolarian uh, College on YouTube, he does uh, box, on, uh, box on bales all the time. And you get a good feel for what the value of cards are. He does anything. I believe it's $2 and above is what he counts. If I recall correctly. Yeah. yeah. Like I'll when I started his, playing, I'll, I'll put his channel's description down below, uh, link down below as well. When we're done here. But, uh, he's a good one. Uh, you want to get some research on how much, cards are and whether sets are worth buying he's he seems to be the foremost authority that i've found if anybody else finds anybody else that's more in the know than he is by all means shoot me a message and let me know but uh i mean that's how i would tell people to go is do arena first then if you want to get into cards like we're saying it's expensive it's very very expensive uh, yeah, for, but yeah, no, it's there's very money expensive. to be had if you get the right cards. Yeah, or like what happened with me was I became very good at the game. So traveling to tournaments where I topped eight uh, was um, easy. It became easy for me to because that's how you when you would go to tournaments you would win boxes. So if you pay twenty five bucks to play a tournament and by the end of the tournament you got a box, you know you made money. And what was cool about my friend that owned a card shop was I would just take my boxes to him and sell them, get cash, and then he would loan us cards. So I never had to worry about cards. So it was okay. unless it was like super expensive, I never had to worry about it. I could always borrow it from him, play tur- and then play the tournament. I would pay, you know, the tournament was cost $30, $40, $25 to play, top eight, get a box. Yeah. So I, my deck was, I never had to worry about paying for my deck. And I would just go and give him, you know, sell him the box and then borrow cards from him. So 
my it was a lot easier for me but when i wasn't when he when i was friends with him and he wasn't loaning his cards it was expensive so you had to be good if you're going to tournaments you just couldn't go play tournaments and be like um i'm going for fun and i'm just gonna you know play and have a good time like no i had a top eight or i had at least top four and make (laughs) some money you know on tournaments i mean the last tournament i ever went to uh i took i i scooped to i made it to the finals and i scooped because I was tired, because I had been playing freaking ten hours of Magic, eleven hours of Magic. But I, oh, I yeah, walked out I'm of there. Sure that's a that's a mental grind in of itself. Yeah, yeah, it was. And I made it to the finals, and then I told the guy, "Look, because it was credit, I was like, I'll give you the win. You give me the credit." He's like, "All right." So I got three hundred dollars in credit, bought boxes, sold the boxes, and then basically in cash, I made two hundred seventy-five dollars, and I paid twenty-five dollars right. a good. So I made two hundred fifty dollars profit, cash off that tournament so i've you know that's how i would you know do my success if it was a grand prix i wouldn't have done that grand prix you're trying to get to the pro tour um you know i had told my girlfriend the last time i said look i think i'm going to try to make one more run at a at a pro tour because i think i can get there and then COVID happened and so now i have no desire no desire to go back to playing competitive magic because i just play arena which is fun but i forget i remember all those fuck those tournaments going to tournaments every weekend good wait wait oh, yeah but that, now with arena though if you get good enough at arena and you hit mythic and you get an invitation i mean they do mythic invitation well like the that, problem so. with that is you got it you got to get top 24 in mythic ah. i'm mythic i've already made myth. i've already made mythic but there's a percentage yeah, i've never even remotely got close to mythic so i have no idea yeah. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a grind for me to get to mythic i made mythic this year off of um I I made I got to diamond off a red white deck, uh the dog de- the dog deck because at the time everybody was playing rogues the black the black blue deck rogues so this deck countered out that counter out counter out counteracted that deck then when I got to platinum, uh I I I had saw a red uh, red black deck that was starting to dominate and so i jumped onto that train and then it took me to mythic and now if you want if you run around arena everybody's playing the red black deck now there's two different versions of everybody's that. playing rakdos then, yeah everyone's playing rakdos and everyone's playing the road deck those are the two yeah, decks see, my my cousin likes to play rakdos i like to play salenzia i like to play okay. salenzia angels nice yeah um, I I mostly stick around. My colors are usually black red. Uh, I don't really care for control. I'm more of a mid range player. I've always been a mid range player. I don't really care for playing mono red because I just think that's a cheap way to win. Um, and so my colors are always mid range, mid rangey to kind of controlly, um, is where I've thrived. Um, I've that's what all I've ever played. Uh, when I've gone to tournaments and when I've done good, like when I, that tournament I went to was a 50, I want to say it was 50, 60 people at that tournament. And, um, got to, I actually played cause they, at the, that store, uh, and shout out to, uh, Kingslayer in, uh, Fuller, or in, uh, Fountain Valley. Uh, they used to, uh, show their, uh, a premiere table on Twitch. And so I played, I played the, first round and the quarters and the finals all on camera 
So that was another thing. I was tired as hell because I was playing on camera and I was just like mentally exhausted. Uh, cause I played, cause I walked into that tournament with a version of a deck that everybody was playing, but I had switched out a few cards and just spanked everybody. Everybody I played, I spanked in that tournament. And then I ran into, then I ran in, I played a guy that I had beat in the, in the uh, Swiss rounds, beat him, beat this other guy. And then just, then I, the final deck I was going to play was a blue black deck. And I just didn't want to play it because I've, I've beaten it. But it was so like mentally exhausting, and I just played ten hours of Magic. So I was like, you know what? Give me the credit so I can leave, and we'll, we're good. And so I was like, all right, cool, you win. And he, he took the tournament because he got to play in another tournament, and I just took the credit, bought like four, three boxes, and then told him to another store and made like two hundred seventy-five dollars. So, um, yeah, it was it was it's fun. I mean, Magic competitive Magic is fun, but it's a grind. It's a real mental grind because you're playing so you gotta much. Have, you you gotta have the you gotta have the uh, mental prowess to want to do it. Plus, you need to have the time to be able to do it. Yeah, and I, I would imagine the fact I, that you I, have some green in your pocket to be able to do it too. That too, or just good enough to make green, you know, to pay for your stuff. Because I know a guy. I met a guy who who made it to grand, to made it to pro tours, made it to grand prix, and he doesn't work. He just goes and plays tournaments, but he was good. Oh yeah, because there's money to be had there. Yeah, but he played another game. I forgot. What, I forgot what the game was called. But he was he's been successful in both Magic and the other game. But he bought a house with his money, his winnings, and everything like that. Like you can make money, but it's you got to invest the time. When we were just traveling, I like I said, I was playing two days during the week, during the weekday, and then all weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, always. Um, you know, and so I've. Don't mind me. Um, I'm just looking something up here real quick. Okay, no problem. Yeah, so I've um the last grand prize, just as a reference here, the twenty nineteen world championship grand prize was a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah, it was a million in total. So I think first took like five hundred thousand. Hang on, I'll go in here real quick and I'll look. Because, so like, I think, like I said, if you get into competitive, it's it's worth doing. See, it's it, just... Now, what Wizards has screwed up on is they've changed it. So before, when you would go to Grand Prix, you get you qualify for a, a, a Pro Tour, which was the next Pro Tour. And those Pro Tours were anywhere. They would be in Hawaii. They would be in Japan. They would be in Europe. They would be in the United States. Yeah. Now... They changed it because they're 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 tired of flying people. So if you win a Grand Prix, you're in the Grand Prix. That's you're if you win a Grand Prix, which is called now called the Magic Fest, you're in the Pro Tour closest to you. So if I win it in California, I can only go to the ones in the United States. I can't go to the ones in Europe. I can't go to the ones in Asia, India, anywhere. Yeah. So because back in the day, yeah, because I had a friend that made it. He made it to Grand Prix Japan, <clears throat> and so they flew oh, him out wow. to Japan and he played in a Grand Prix. Yeah. So, but now they've changed it. So now you can see because there used to be a bunch of ways to make grand prix. There was a which was called PTQs, which were yeah. pro tour or, or sorry, not uh, grand prix, uh, pro tours, which were called PTQs, were brand uh, pro tour uh, qualifiers. Yeah, and there's I one where that. I live, where I yeah, where I live at in California. There's one in Riverside. Was at a school and it was a big one. It was huge. You would get like 200 players. And yeah, the one that uh, was always said, closest to me was Philadelphia. 
Okay, yeah, and I would go to that one all the time because it was at a it was at a Riverside High School, and they would use the gym, and there'd be like almost three four hundred people playing. Uh, real fun. They had a they had a limited one. They have a standard one uh, back in the day. So I went to those, and then I would go to Grand Prix. I went to a Grand Prix in Grand Prix LA, and I walked out of Grand Prix LA with two three sets of fetches, because all I did was play side events. I walked out with three sets of fetches. And two hundred fifty dollars in my pocket because I played so many uh, so many side events and was playing drafts and just opening fetches and winning them. And then you would win packs and then you would just open those packs and if you got cards you didn't need you sell them and try to get them and back into more drafts. It was it was crazy. I I I loved doing it, but it was like you said, it was so much traveling, so much. You yeah. had to have so much mental fortitude, and then you had to have some friends around you. And my friends that I had, uh, some of them had stopped playing because of, uh, you know, jobs and, you know, life and everything like that. Yeah. And so, you know, comment master, comment master says there, there is a YouTube who hyped it for Calvin's Strix having the Dungeons and Dragons crossover set. The Dungeons and Dragons crossover set is the one that I want to see. I'm very, very curious about that one. Yeah. So what Matt, what Wizards has done is they've tapped into creative, to people that stream magic, who talk about magic, who do um, uh, podcasts about magic. And if they uh -huh. get a big enough audience, uh, if they get a big enough audience, they they will tell them like, hey, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of Twitch now does it because Twitch blew up. But before uh -huh. it was YouTube, and they'll tell them, hey. Uh, we will give you product if you talk about these upcoming sets. We'll give you previews. Um, they do all kinds of stuff. So what a lot of the new, a lot of the new uh, Twitch channels, what they do is if they become popular play, playing Magic, um, Wizards will tap into them and sponsor them and then give them stuff, you know, giveaways, stuff like that, and then say, hey, talk about our stuff. So oh, yeah, if, I would love, like, if YouTube. Or yeah, YouTube. If Wizards would come across and like say this video yeah. pops off, not that I'm expecting it to, but if it would, and Wizards would like send me an email or comment on the video, be like, "Hey, we want to uh, sponsor you." Absolutely, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Not even a yeah, no. question of a doubt. I will plug the shit out of your product. If, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, like, I mean, uh, like Christian with Manscape, I'll do that for freaking Wizards the Gather, uh, Wizards of the Yeah, Code. no, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And they would, um, they were doing it for people, but that's, uh, if you haven't heard of Game Nights, Game Nights was a podcast that just started off as two friends, uh, playing. They would video show, uh, would show their uh, videos of them playing, talking about the cards. And now Wizards fully on to sponsors them. So if you've seen this new set come out, it's the Legend set for Commander. Uh, uh, um, Jimmy Wong, and I forgot what the other guy's name is, but Jimmy Wong was just on Ben Bateman's uh, podcast. Um, he knows Ben Bateman from the Schmodown, and Ben Bateman uh -huh. is a big magic player. But um, they they are doing commercials for Wizards for the new Commander set because all they play is Commander. So okay. a new commander set just came out, and so the wizards tapped them because they have a huge following um, for commander players, 
and so yeah wizards wizards has no problem tapping into the community of magic um to sell product it's just some of the things they're doing is people find it unethical i don't know because it's like i just feel i do understand the whole point of them only selling it not through stores people being upset with that uh but well, at this point, with COVID going on and whatnot, I mean, it's like you said, a lot of your magic uh, shops, your local game shops, aren't open at the moment because of what's going yeah. on. So, I mean, they're kind of in a catch-22. They want to get product out. They want to make money. I mean, obviously, they've got shareholders and whatnot that want money to be made. So, I mean, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't type scenario. Like, for me, my local game shops are open right now in Pennsylvania. That being said, we're starting to ramp up with the virus again. So, I mean, nine out of ten opportunities, we're probably going to get shut down before the end of the year. I can almost guarantee it. But, yeah. uh, so, like, what do you do in that scenario? Yeah. As, if you're looking at as wizards and you're looking at it from a sales perspective, I mean, I get because the consumer, like you and I, being hyped and pissed about it. But at the same token, I mean, if you're the one pushing the product, you got to make money somehow. Now, if they keep yeah. doing it once COVID's over, then yeah, there is a problem. Yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do. You know, like you said, right now with COVID, it's really messed things up. A lot of these card shops are not going to survive, so we're going to lose card shops. So Wizards got to figure out. Well, how do we keep our grand, our pro tours going? And how do we keep our grand prix going? They have had tournaments on Ma- Magic Arena, which have gone successful, um, mm-hmm. and things like that. So, I mean, there, there's different things you can do. I don't know because I just, like I said, I've kind of taken a step back from competitive Magic, even though I do play, still play a lot on Arena. It, I've kind of just stepped back because it's just like, you know. It's so much money. It's so much time investment, you know, and then it's just like, is that what I want to be doing? And obviously I'm doing more stuff like with the, <clears throat> with Schmodown, let's get ready and all that stuff. You know, we're about to go through uh, some big announcements and everything like that. So um, I still have the time to play magic anymore. Like I used to. Yeah. Now this here is the, we were talking about the last world tournament. Okay. So 13 through 16, because I'm going to be releasing this on audio too. So obviously they won't see this, but places 13 through 16, one 12.5 K. So, I mean, you get top 16, you're at least walking away with 12 and a half thousand dollars. That's not a bad day. No, not at all. Nine through 12 is 25 grand. Seven and eight is fifty grand. Five and six is sixty-two and a half grand. Four is seventy-five grand. Three is a hundred grand. Two is one hundred and fifty grand. And for first place, it's three hundred grand. Yeah, so three hundred grand. Play having cardboard <laughs> in your hand and playing a game, not a bad haul. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also too, you got to remember how it works. Especially with the Pro Tour, if you place a certain uh, place, you get invited back to the next Pro Tour. You don't mm-hmm. have to play. 
uh, Grand Prix or anything to qualify. You just make it to the next Pro Tour. So if you, I think it's top 10. If you're top 10, you get invited again. So And then you, if you keep winning, like in top 10, uh, you get invited. Uh, you can make like platinum status, like with the same within Arena. Like if you're platinum uh-huh. status, you uh, get invited to every Pro Tour. And as long as you, I believe you call, you do good, you just come back. So if you're just placing 10th every tournament and you're making 12,000 every, and I think there's 10, or there's, I think there's like five pro tours a year, I believe. So if you're placing 10th at every pro tour and making 12 grand, uh, five, five tournaments out of the year. So that's every couple months. I mean, that's, that's more money than a good paying job. You know, yeah. so if you're 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 making sixty thousand dollars. That's a good job. You know, that's a, a decent paying job to play cardboard. And that's not including if you go play grand prix. That's not include. And I believe if you if you're doing that good, you get what's called um oh my what's the what am I thinking of right now? What's the word? Because uh, Ben ba- I think Ben Bateman might even get him, but that's only because he's a celebrity. But they're appearance fees. You get appearance fees. So if you go to a grand prix. Because you're known and you've been in pro tours, which I like I said, uh, Grand Prix are Magic Fest now. Uh, the yeah. old version was called Grand Prix, but now they're called Magic Fest. But you get appearance fees, so you're like, okay, you show up for the weekend, we'll give you like four boxes of the next set. And like you said, with those sets, you take those boxes, and if you make good money, or you sell them. So yeah. if you're going to, and there's Grand Prix either every other weekend, I think, in different states. So if you're like, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to the Pro Tour five times this year and I get paid to go to Grand Prix. So I'm going to go to four Grand Prix, travel and go to four Grand Prix. And after, and each Grand Prix, I make $300, $400 for the weekend. So you're making almost $70,000 to play Magic a year. That's yeah. That's amazing. not that's not I bad. Wish. That's a, that's a, like you said. That's a good paying job. That's a job yeah. for like and then, college and now with Twitch, right out of college and, with a bachelor's degree. Yeah, yeah, and with Twitch now, oh, I'm a good Magic player, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start playing Twitch on Twitch, and oh, I because I have a following now. I have monetization on Twitch. So okay, cool. Yeah, so cool. I can Twitch three days a week, then go to tournaments on the weekends. Mm-hmm. You're, you're just living a full paying job, but you have to be good at it. That's the thing. You have to be good. Yeah, you gotta so, stay current too. And see, yeah, with me having current. three little ones running around, I shouldn't even call them little ones anymore because they're really not little. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I got, uh, I got my two with me. It, it, it's hard. I mean, if I was just by myself, I mean, absolutely, I would look at doing something like this and travel the world and. Yeah, and and literally like you have to be by yourself because if you have a girlfriend or a wife, they have to understand the commitment that you're pretty much not paying attention to them. You constantly got to be playing because you constantly got to be practicing. So imagine yeah. you're playing on arena every day and then you're playing tournaments live and it's just it's the same as being a poker player, a professional poker player. The more yeah. reps you get in, the more the better you're going to be and you got to play tournaments because you got to win money. So Magic's the same way. You got to constantly be playing. And it is a grind. It's fun. Um, it, it's is uh, it's fun as hell, but it is a grind to play um, tournaments. It really is. It's one of the most 
exhausted things to sit there and freaking play tournaments all day. And, you know, it's just, I've, I have sat and played 12 hours of magic. It's not fun. When sets would come out, <laughs> pre-releases for sets were miserable. Um, when you would go and play, um, when you would go play sets, uh, pre-release of sets, sets would come out midnight. So you see, I like how they're doing. They were doing it before COVID hit. I don't know mm -hmm. if for you guys, but for us here, the way our local game shop was doing it because they had approval to do it. I don't know if this was a overall thing. But instead of doing the initial pre-release at midnight, they were um, for like night one. They were doing it at like five o'clock in the afternoon. That day, or the day okay. before. Yeah, they, they and it made it so much easier, and it, it was so much more accessible to people that way then too. So, because I mean, don't get me wrong, <laughs> I like a good late night of magic myself. I mean, that's not a problem. But I was seeing, I would literally go to pre-releases and I would see kids like seven, eight years old at freaking midnight playing Magic. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you're going to be you in play bed. Until four in the morning. <laughs> yeah, and you would play until four in the morning. And the card shop I used to go to, we would play, so we would play Friday night Magic, then we played a pre-release, go home because we would hang out. So we'd be like five in the morning, go home and sleep till 11. Come back, back to the shop, play, play that pre-release, and then play the five o'clock pre-release. Go home, <laughs> come back because you played all the pre-releases because mm -hmm. you were trying to get the cards to so see what figure out formulas. Spike. Yeah, you would figure out new decks, but also if you got multiples of certain cards that spike, you would be like, "All right, cool, I got them already," because I would I don't have to pay from later. Because I remember I had uh, got some money, and when I started playing Magic, and Boris Reckoner, which is not even a good card now. It's like nobody plays it. But at the time as standard, Boris Reckoners were like 40 bucks a piece. So mm -hmm. I had to buy a place that said so that was $200 I spent. Um, which now I look at the damn card and I'm like, what a fucking waste. Like the card's 50 cents now. But at the time it was so good in, in decks, it was a it was a 200 it was a $40 card. So it was yeah. $200. You know, there's that there's card, you know. Jace the Mind Sculptor. Jace the Mind Sculptor is a hundred dollar planeswalker, you know, and they reprinted and it still says in them fetch it. Fetchers are twenty bucks a piece, you know, the the newer version of them. Um, and now Shocklands are the big thing. Well, Shocklands always go up and down though, but they never really go over past twenty. Fetches are what expensive because fetches you can play you Shocklands you can play against all formats, but fetches yeah. are the big fetches are the big ones because. Because in Legacy and Vintage, you played the duel, the old school duels, and shock of uh, 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 fetches can get those. Um, shotguns don't, but their shocks are still good. Um, there was a Karn. There was the four drop Karn a couple years ago. That almost hit a hundred dollars. That was the only other Planeswalker that hit a hundred dollars in standard. Jason, my yeah, I remember. I remember hearing about that. I wasn't yeah, that playing was Magic at that point, but I did hear about that. Yeah, that Karn, I I uh I pulled like four of them luckily and I didn't have to pay for them, but they were almost like 40, 40 50 bucks a piece. And then they shot up because they were showing because it was a card that was in every deck. It didn't have a you know one color that it had to be in, it could be in anything. Ugin, Ugin, when they were doing this weird um you, you would get prize packs and the possibility of getting alternate art Ugin was in. And I op at my card shop, I opened one. 
and I sold it for a hundred dollars and and three fetches, which so I sold it for one hundred and sixty dollars. You know, nice. you know, and so yeah, magic magic is. If I could go back and get all my cards from when I was a kid, I probably fucking have money right now. You know, <laughs> because oh, I have, I don't remember what I if had. You saw my if you saw my collection that I have right now since my wife passed away. Uh, oh, first sorry. off, sorry. she would have murdered my ass for as many cards as I have right now because I I sucked myself into magic when she passed away. Um, mm-hmm. That was my outlet for my grief. If I were to get a phone app, and God, this would probably take me at least four months just to do the plain inventory, to be absolutely honest. It's that huge. If I had to guesstimate, I would say I probably at least easily have $5,000 in cards in value. Okay, yeah. Anywhere between five dollars to $10,000 in value in cards. Yeah. But you would sell- <laughs> If someone wanted to, if if you were selling to the store, they only give you two thousand. I seen yeah. that tur- that turner the tournament I told you about that I went to. There was a guy, a friend, a guy I know that sold a lot of his stuff from back in the day. They had that shop had stopped buying cards because he he ran them out of money. They bought some of the oh, stuff, shit. <laughs> and so they couldn't they couldn't go to the bank to pull any more money. So they stopped buying cards from everybody. But I think he sold them almost. Fifteen thousand dollars in cards, and that. And now think about that: when card shops buy cards for you, they literally it's the same as GameStop. You know, the cards worth twenty, but they're going to give you twelve. You know, or they're going to give you. Yeah, like 10. They don't want to make. They don't want to make that eight dollar profit. Yeah. So, for him to sell them fifteen thousand in cards, they they it's probably worth thirty thousand, maybe twenty five. So, yeah, That's um, I've seen. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's nuts. Uh, that's hard. that's uh, one hell of a down payment on a house. Yeah. And honestly, I've been thinking yeah. about that because that's one of the things that I'm uh, – that's one of the moves that I'm planning on doing is um, making that move. And I've, I've, I've honestly considered, you know, yeah, I've, I've thought about it a couple times today. That's when the thought popped in my head. It's like, I got all these magic cards. I'm doing nothing with. Wonder how much I could get for him, because I'd be a hell of a down payment Meriden? on a house. And you've, had him since you've had him since Meriden? Uh No, this is uh, well. I have older cards, like they mm-hmm. going all the way back to Classic Six. Okay. Then I might even have some a little bit older than that. I might have some revised editions and what have you. But um, the bulk of them are from Guilds upwards. Guilds of Ravnica? Yeah. That's when I jumped back in. And I... Guilds alone, I probably bought seven or eight booster boxes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have, like, in my my closet right here, I have, like, a box, uh, like, two box, three boxes full of uh, just common and uncommon. I always sold my shit. I was dumb. I never kept anything. When I didn't need it, I sold it. I didn't want it. You know, my so. thing is because I live in like I live okay, just as a reference point, I use this as a reference point all the time. You've heard of Little League World Series, right? Yes. Okay. I live two and a half miles away from where the series is played. I'm in okay. Williamsport. Okay. So 
beyond Williamsport, it's pretty much like Amish. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> there's nothing really around here. I need to find a card shop that is willing to buy my shit because yeah, yeah. Eric isn't going to buy it because he, one, is struggling with uh, everything's going on with COVID right now. And he's got things on his plate that he's working on uh, to try to make his business better. So he doesn't have the funds to buy all of it. And I don't feel like putting them out like that. But at the same token, I want to find somebody to buy all my shit because if I can get a lot of money for all my cards, then that's a payment for a house. Yeah, and, for sure. And I will take all that money, drop it into an account, and not touch the damn thing and be like, yep, this is house money. And uh, when it happens, it happens. <laughs> there you go. I mean, smart idea. My problem is that I got to find a place that's going to buy them. And I got a feeling I'm going to end up having to go to Philadelphia or Pittsburgh to do it. Yeah. Uh, a I lot don't want to drive three hours to sell fucking cards. Yeah. A lot of online places would do it, but then you got to ship it and you're paying for shipping. It's all kinds of craziness. Yeah. You just got to find a shop that was willing to take them and hopefully you have good value and stuff uh, and a lot of it. And they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll take it. Yeah. All my, all my stuff's, uh, sleeved up it's all um and binders and whatnot so they're protected there you go smartest way to do but it yeah it uh comment master i don't know if you're still in here or not if you are i'm pulling this comment up now he's saying about calim if i'm pronouncing that right i probably am not i probably butchered the shit out of that name i think it's caladem caladem i don't know i, I pronounced it wrong too Coming out February 5th, I bet by December there will be an announcement stating that it will be delayed. Now, if maybe, that I think maybe is fifth, the next set that's coming, maybe. what's the Dungeons & Dragons set coming out? That's what I want to know. I think that's the set that I'm looking forward to. I think that set was announced like in the summertime. But I think because of Arena, that set will still come out on time, but not physically. Physically, it'll come out later. But on, on Arena, it'll come out on time because... That you know they can release it there. Yeah, good. And if the sets are getting delayed, because I haven't really been paying attention the past couple of months because I got other things that I need to concern myself with. And like I said, I kind of backed out of the magic front a little bit. That being said, I've the Dungeons and Dragons set has me has my interest peaked. Because I would not mind seeing what they do with that. <clears throat> but, um, yeah. I have really no other topics to talk about unless you have something that you want to talk no, about. No, I'm we're, good. We're over. I think I talked too much. Oh, no, you're fine. I, I enjoyed it. I like it in perspective to some other people. Uh, because really the only person I have to get perspectives from is my cousin, and he doesn't really play that much either because he's a little pussy. But <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, I mean, anybody else, I mean, I would love to do another video like this with you, uh, talk more about yeah, magic, especially, oh, like, I mean, even as new sets come out, if you want to do a video like this when new sets come out, 
and we just talk about new sets. I mean, I'm fine with that. Sure. I mean, I'm, I'm always down to talk magic. I try to talk as much as I can. I just haven't been able to because of the podcast with Let's Get Ready and everything. Just been so busy with that. We just did a interview yesterday with Koi, uh, the manager of the... Oh, I love group. to interview Koi. Koi's on my list of people I want to talk to so bad. Yeah, we just interviewed him yesterday. Uh, we have uh, this. We're actually I'm taking this week off of uh, our Friday show because I have not missed a stream since we started. I'm tired, so I'm like I'm taking this Friday off. So I think Bador, Justin, and Ferris are all going to do a show Friday, a quick show going over the four free for all and talking about the team's tournament. But I'm taking the day off. And then we'll be back at it. We got some big interviews coming up. We just did the Real Rejects. Our That interview just came out on our channel. Uh, Koi will be coming out, I think, next Wednesday. Um, we got some other people coming up that we're, we're talking to. And then we had the 24-hour uh, Kevin Smith's um, Smash-A-Thon, which will be on a, uh, a different YouTube channel. But all the reaction channels will be part of it uh, that do reactions for Shmodown. Uh, they've been setting that up, so we'll be doing that. Yeah, and speaking of Smash, this is the first video I've done since that news broke. And let me just say, it's not much that is able to bring me to tears by watching something online. And by God, did he ever, he got me. Like, yeah. To see him break and to know that he has a new child and he's just newly married. Like, I mean, you went from the highest highs to the lowest low in an instant. Like, oh, I just, yeah. I, I can imagine to a point because of losing my wife, but I mean, actually having to personally deal with it within your own internal self. Like, I mean, kudos to him. I mean, if anybody, he's got a lot of uh, reasons to fight. I'll just say that. I mean, yeah, for sure. I and mean, I reached it, out I to him on Twitter, and I said to him that if he, whatever he needs, he needs the word spread or whatever. Uh, all he has to do is ask. Yeah. So no, and as you being a father, me being a father, like he just had his baby, and that's what yeah. hurts the most. It's like, you know, oh yeah, yeah. That's what sucks. I uh, we interviewed or not interviewed. He was on our show, and he he had known, and we did it. And so that was like looking back on it, it was like, oh my god, like what he, you know, not being able to tell us and stuff like that. So yeah, my prayers and thoughts are with him. We're gonna do be doing this twenty four hour stream that was set up by Sean Sullivan, uh, the Star Wars player for uh, the Den. Um, and I, I don't know what it's. They're making a channel for it, uh, it or its own channel or whatever. So that you still make sure to watch Twitter and when something we will be tweeting all that out. Um, but um, yeah, we'll be doing that. Um, and then yeah, be sure to tag me. In that. I'll definitely help get the word out. Oh yeah, that. for sure. Yeah, for sure. We'll definitely tag you in that. And uh, yeah, then we got the teams tournament coming up. We'll talk about that. And then um, then after that, the new year we're going to be doing. We're, our channel is going to be doing a lot of new stuff. So uh, it's going to be very interesting. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy. I never, I never envisioned myself doing all this stuff. Uh, but right. it's, it's fun. It's super fun. Oh, yeah, it's, it's fun to do it. People, I, the people that amuse me the most are the people are like, oh, I'm going to do a podcast. It's going to be so easy. Ha, 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 ha. No. 
No, it's not. There's a lot of shit that goes on in the background. You gotta sync up schedules. And that in my opinion, that's the hardest part is syncing up schedules to make shit happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, Justin lives in Alabama. Me and Ferris both live in California, and Bedore lives in Kuwait. So when we do oh. our live stream, it's four in the morning for her most of the time. Ouch. Yeah. So it's it's very hard to sync up schedules, and then you're syncing up schedules with competitors, managers. You know, when we did our Christian interview, we've, who we've been trying to get, you know, it's like, hey, you know, are you available? And they'll be like, yeah, this is when I'm available. So, like, there's there was a the one week. That's why we all got burnt out at one point is the one week we did three interviews straight because that's when they were only available. So we did three interviews straight and our live stream. So we did four shows that week. I was so tired. Oh wow! Because each one, each interview was like an hour and a half, and then the sh- the Friday shows we tried not to go hour hour and a half. We ended up always going two hours. So I it, I was miserable that week. Um, the Christian interview was two hours. You know this, so it's a lot. Yeah, he's it's another one I wanted my picking his brain about like uh, just because he's actually one of my biggest influences between him and Schnapp. The biggest influences okay. for me to start doing this. Uh, and God, I would love to have talked to Snap just to sit down and just drink coffee with him, just to talk just random bullshit. Yeah, yeah. He just it's like a nice really cool dude. Koi. Yeah, it was nice yeah, talking like, to Koi because he brought he talked about Snap a lot yesterday. Like, I would love just to talk to Koi just to pick his brain. That and he seems like he would be the type of person he would play magic. I could be totally wrong on that, but he seems like he would be within the wheelhouse of doing something like that. But I mean, especially just talking comics because you know, oh yeah, he got he kind of got me back into possibly collecting comics. He was talking, <laughs> he was hyping them up so much yesterday. So I told him I said I might go to a comic. Isn't it amazing you come across somebody that's like that? You're like, oh, I've been out of doing this forever, and then you come across somebody you're like, oh, you gotta check this out, you gotta check that out. You're missing this story, you're missing that story, and then it just it, it's one person. One person, one interview, one talk, doesn't matter what it is. And it just, exactly. because they're so jacked on on the thing, it's like, and they're like, okay, you, you catch the bug again. It's like, okay, I got to do this. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah he sure. definitely, he definitely exudes that. He, he, and that's one thing that has always made me gravitate to him. That's why I loved when he took over Heroes. Well, it wasn't just him. It was him and um, I can't think of what her name is to save my life. Um, I know you're talking about the girl with the glasses. Yeah, they both uh, exuded that energy, and it's like you, you like for me, Fantastic Four wasn't a thing that I really was like, oh yeah, it's a Fantastic Four, big deal, first family in Marvel, not a big thing for me. But then I hear them talk about, it, I was like, oh, okay, maybe I should pay attention to this. Right. No, I totally so, agree. It's 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 awesome. All right. Well, uh, we are way over time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it it is happens totally, when you're having fun. Oh yeah, totally worth it. Um, thank you again. Uh, I mean, I guess the only thing that's left to do is to do plugs. So I will let you go first, being that you were my guest tonight. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, like I said, you can find me on the Let's Get Ready to Talk Schmodown podcast with Justin Ferris and Bedore. Uh, we're always hanging out there talking uh, Schmodown. 
and doing watch alongs, watching uh, football games on the weekend, playing video games on Twitch. Uh, so, and like I said, big, some big stuff is coming uh, for um, the new year. Uh, so, yeah, and then you can find me uh, on Twitter on Shignite323. And, yeah, you just watch out for those tweets and all that good stuff. And we'll definitely be standing out information about the Smashathon for Kevin Smiths. All right. And as always, uh, any social media platform you can find me, just look up Hotel Nerd, uh, Facebook group, Facebook page, uh, on Twitter. My handle is right here uh, on screen. I always keep it up there so white people can just find me quick and easy. Uh, send me a direct message. I'll always respond. I might not be prompt on to responding because uh, 9 out of 10 times I'm probably at work. Uh, but with that said, I will get back to you. If you want to be on an episode of Let's Talk, I mean, I, that's the format of this show is to get uh, fellow fans on, uh, like, Tonight was Magic the Gathering. The next one that we're going to try to do is Harry Potter, uh, which was actually supposed to be uh, earlier this week. Well, that's actually supposed to be yesterday, but uh, my one friend, John, got hit by the hurricane uh, overnight. And oh, they're wow. currently without power as far as I know. So uh, thoughts and prayers to the Gulf Coast again, seven times this year. Uh but yeah, I mean, this was a lot of fun talking magic. I definitely didn't expect it to go this long, but I mean, it was totally worth it. Especially talking tournaments and whatnot, because that's one thing I always wanted to do, but never got around to doing. But uh, yeah, I mean, let's do this again sometime. I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Any anything, I lo- I talk anything, man. You, as long as I know it, I'll talk it. If I don't know it, then I'll find out about it. <laughs> but usually, I'm pretty good at talking. I, I know most stuff. Yeah, I mean, if I put up a thing that we're because I try to do episode less. If you see something, by all means, message me and I'll put you on the list. So yeah, for sure, thank I think you. Thank I you actually for may me. have you. I think I might have you actually on the list for one other one, maybe. Uh, no, I don't. I thought I did. But uh, the next one, like I said, is going to be Harry Potter. And then we're going to do probably the MCU after that. Nice. So, uh, well, with that said, uh, well, thank you for being on. Appreciate it very much. Thank you for having me. It was a very fun talk. Sorry about the uh, trolls. That's right. And that's actually one thing I did want to address real quick before we left. If you're trolling... You're immediately going to get blocked. I'm not doing timeouts anymore. Because apparently, as of tonight, showing me is two things. Is one, I need to find a moderator for the video when we're doing this. And two, uh, I'm just I'm not dealing with the troll bullshit. You you yeah. want to troll? You don't need to do it. This is not the place for it. I mean, I know the election's coming up. I'm so fed up with the damn election that's not even funny. So, if that's the shit that you want to spew on through the chat, that you're gonna get blocked. People want to get pissy about it, then you get pissy about it. It's my channel, so guess what? That's my rules. But with that being said, uh, 
have a good night. Hope you all enjoyed the episode. Uh, anybody wants to get involved in any more episodes, I'm going to put the full list of episodes that are coming. Anybody wants to jump on something, by all means, let me know. I'll get you guys on the list. That's the whole point of this ep- the, the show is to get fans talking to fans. So let's have fun. Let's have a good talk. That's the whole point. But with that, yep. uh, talk to you later.